What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Uh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Uh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. But oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No. 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 I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh, my God. God, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You are listening to the Game Source Podcast. Well, hello again. It's uh, that magical time again. That time for the world-famous Game Source Podcast. How in the heck are you? My name is Gerald. Better known as Yes, Elvis Liz. And it is truly, and I mean truly, a beautiful day or evening in, uh, in paradise. And with me today for Game Source Podcast 118 is the hosts of the best podcast known to mankind. See how gracious I am to you guys, even better than ours. Thank you very much, Gerald. The hosts. Hostesses. Uh, since you guys always fight for it, I'll just say it's um, it's uh well actually my catch okay we'll go with can I flip a coin or something because I always feel bad if I if I say one we all know who it is Gerald it's Corey not the other one <laughs> no no not that one not that one at all it's this one. All right, Corey of the CNC Mother Trucking Podcast. You're not first seat, guys. You're not first seat. I, I believe that Corey is just being humble right now, but the first C in CNC is Chris. And thank you very much, Gerald, for having me on the podcast. It is a great, great honor to be here. Uh, and Corey also appreciates it being the second C in CNC. So as of that, <laughs> we are going to... Uh, get into our topics, and we want to end that conversation now. Corey, thank you. Okay, after that uncomfortable silence, let's hit it. Um, first up, well, we're going to talk about, there's been a lot going on in the video game scene, uh, but the, probably the major topics that are taking place over the past couple of weeks, um, some major decisions have been made that affect the outcome for two major public, well, actually, for the console race this holiday season, because uh, Sony... Uh, a couple weeks ago, announced that Uncharted 4, and I'm going to keep it to get together as best I can because I'm I'm just very uh, still emotional about it. 
Uncharted 4 is delayed until uh, supposedly early 2016, as is Nintendo's Wii U version of Zelda that will also be coming out. It's been delayed until 2016 as well. Um, there's one problem with that. Those were the marquee franchises and marquee iterations that were going to be the premier premier showcase games for this holiday season for both Sony and its PlayStation 4 and Nintendo with the Wii U. My question to you guys is this. You know, does that mean, have they just handed it over and said, here you go, Microsoft, here is the 2015 holiday season? Because as of yet, mind you, there's still time, as of yet, Microsoft has not announced any delays with any of their uh, major releases uh, that they're expected to, to be uh, coming out later this year, including uh, Tomb Raider, um, that's right now an exclusive for uh, the Xbox One, and also, you know, well, you and I all know, it's Halo 5, which got a mass marketing blitz um, with the Walking Dead finale episode, and has uh, been all over television in the past 24 or 48 hours since, uh, with both the Agent Lock and Master Chief uh, videos well, going all television, over. Television, YouTube, Twitch, I mean, every social media site is even advertising this, so this is literally going out to not just the television market, but anyone who's also on the internet market as well. So and this we'll, is going to have... And we'll, touch on, and we'll touch on Halo 5, and whether it's too early or too much, too soon. We'll touch on that in, in, in a bit, but I want to ask you guys real quick. And Corey, um, we'll start with you first, Mac. Is this going to be... I mean, have they just... Both companies just gift wrap the holiday season to Microsoft in a nutshell. And just, you know, if you could just elaborate as to why. So I will hush and listen to your wisdom from both of you gentlemen. Well, for the most part, like, even even if, if the Wii U, if Nintendo was able to put out Zelda during the holidays, it would probably keep their head above float. But I don't, I wouldn't say that it would, that they could win the holiday with Zelda. There's no way they could win the holiday with just Zelda in comparison to Halo 5 or if, even if Uncharted 4 came out for uh, PlayStation this year. So, like, we, Mike, Nintendo didn't have a chance. Microsoft having its big staple for Halo 5 in comparison to Uncharted 4, with Uncharted 4 not coming out, definitely Microsoft is going to be on top. But one of the things that, that, uh, that Sony has going for it is like it might not be like a huge push like Uncharted would, but they do still have Destiny that's supposed to be coming out as well, from what I understand. Am I right? Am I right? Or is it supposed to be next year? You're supposed to be talking about uh, Destiny 2, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, Activision probably will not. Uh, actually, you know, the game has had some serious legs. Whatever people initially said in the beginning, including myself, regarding its. Uh, Medio, you know, mediocrity as far as reviews are concerned, and, and thoughts from a lot of people. Um, you know, Chris, uh, as a case in point, is still into Destiny, and uh, it still has it. Like, I still play it once a week. <laughs> I don't see it personally. Um, I don't see Destiny two coming out until uh, 2016. 
uh, because I think it's got some legs. I think two, two years between iterations of Destiny, is, especially with all the DLC that they'll add up until until that point in time, is probably a little bit more of a certainty. But it could happen. It could happen. We'll know more about e, uh, come E3. But, uh, but Rise of the Tomb Raider, definitely something that, uh, you know, if, if adventure fans want to scratch that itch, if Uncharted 4 is, you know, obviously it's been pushed back, you know, that's definitely some, one way to go. Uh, Chris, uh, just your thoughts, man. Is this have they gift wrapped it for for Xbox? Is it, you know, I know you guys are, have a great affinity for the Xbox, um, and uh, being longtime Xbox fans, this is something that you were hoping for 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 Microsoft, so maybe they can actually um, catch up in many ways to what the PlayStation Four has been doing in the past couple of years. Um, I believe that it, it's a good idea that the, the... Well, I mean, of course, everyone wants the sales. They want to be able to sell enough. But I think that Microsoft is really going to start jumping up in this game if they can keep up with the software and hardware parts that, you know, outshine Sony. I mean, since they've already been back in sales, uh, to catch up in sales, the only thing they're going to have to do is just keep pushing. And so whether through advertisement, through software, through hardware, they're going to have to just keep pushing in a better way and definitely, yeah, I can see him being very beneficial from this in the next few years. Okay. Oh, now, with, uh, you know, anything else, I, I'm sure there's going to be something that at least that maybe a Nintendo or Sony, I mean, Nintendo, as of this recording is tomorrow, uh, is going to have a Nintendo Direct, so maybe they can have something that they might either hint at um, and then there's also discussions of you know the new Star Fox coming out and, and other titles, Splatoon maybe getting uh, pushed back to to be a marquee title in the holiday season, um, and I'm sure E3 will you know give us a more definitive look at at uh, what titles will be coming out. No Man's Sky, they you know the people at Hello Games uh, may have just uh, you know gotten a gift from that as well. And they, that may be the title that Sony wraps us around, even though they're not a first-party studio. If uh, they can do similar to what Bloodborne was doing with, you know, from software and, and create a, a situation where they have an exclusive title uh, that they can corner, maybe that will help out PlayStation 4 as well. Um, Corey, do you see anything that might hinder Xbox's uh, uh, strength in this holiday season? Because uh, as, as we're going to elaborate here in a second... Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Halo 5, but uh, do you see anything else outside of the obvious Halo 5 uh, complications, something hindering Xbox's uh, strong um, place and hold this holiday season? Not too much unless, like, the, the biggest thing that I could see happening is, like, the same thing that happened with the Master Chief Edition when that came out with the, with the ability to connect to other people online, like, with having those type of problems, I know people are going to already be weary about it. You know, that didn't come out that long ago. And coming into the holiday season, especially with them coming out, what was it, October? That they're coming out for, for Halo? That, um, that is it's not too much of a difference. So hopefully by the time that Halo 5 comes out, that they get their servers correct, that they get the programming behind their uh, their, their matchmaking and everything working properly before it comes out, then it's going to definitely be a huge success because that's what drives Halo is the, is the multiplayer. And I know I'm kind of going a little ahead of schedule here, but like it's definitely it's definitely what I could see would 
make or break Microsoft's year, especially based off of Halo 5 being the the big first-party game that's coming out. Chris, do you think it was a good idea? Uh, no, no, that's that's fine because you know they've uh, um, they're doing those stress tests with the betas. Uh, you know, the Halo 5 multiplayer beta was done and and earlier this year, and, and that was uh, a very smart move on their part, especially after what they incurred with the Master Chief Collection. Uh, but Chris, on Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, I should say, could this be something that maybe Square Enix might have um, seen now that Uncharted 4 has been delayed? Square Enix might be regretting as, as not doing a, a multi-platform release initially, um, maybe next year they'll be releasing it for PlayStation 4, but right now they, there's an exclusive deal with Xbox One in place. Um, might they be regretting the decision to just go exclusively to Xbox One, seeing how they could have been the only adv- real adventure game um, that's, you know, action adventure game that, that's available this holiday season? Well, I mean, when it's whenever there's an exclusive, everyone... Uh, uh, I mean, people start thinking, okay, if I'm going to get this game, I'm a huge fan of this series or that series. Uh, they decide maybe this will help them buy into that console. And if there's a partnership in that same sense, let's say that, uh, you know, it, we'll actually go with Bloodborne since that's already out. Uh, sales of PS4s actually went up because of it as well. People that didn't have a PS4 decided to just buy one just for that game because it's an exclusive, because they have a backstory of, you know, Dark Souls and Demon Souls running that type of game style. Tomb Raider, who's been around, I mean, Laura Croft has been around for decades now. This could help push Microsoft sales, and I think they knew that, knowing that they can get more money directly from Microsoft. I think in a business standpoint, they can realize, hey, if we do an exclusive the same way that you know already millions of people know and love to buy that console just to buy that game, then they'll make money on both ends. I believe that their smartest move would probably just be a time exclusive, whether it's a year, like Destiny did with their DLC and everything else like that, or if if it's going to continuously grow to be the only, like, only on a Microsoft platform, it may be a downfall. They may only have to be able to put out one or two more games and then end their series, but I don't think that there's much further they can go just being completely exclusive. We saw that with Square Enix when they went to... Uh, with Final Fantasy and 13, they've moved that over to Xbox, and their their sales skyrocketed. They realized exclusives are not the best thing. They helped with you know initial sales, but once they put it over to Xbox, their revenue came in a lot more. So I believe doing a timed exclusive would be helpful to them, but as a uh, as a business decision right now, them saying that it's Xbox only is very smart on their end because they're going to have people buying the game no matter what. And then later on, they'll have more people buy it if they do decide to go out of exclusivity. Well, I, I can agree with you from that sense when Uncharted 4 was still targeted to be most likely a November release. Um, you know, because obviously if they release Uncharted 4 as they, when they should have or when they were supposed to, um, it would have people would have been torn who had PlayStation 4s tied between getting either Nathan Drake or Lara Croft. I get that, but you know the folks at Square Enix now might be a little bit, you know, shaking their heads a little bit in uh, saying that maybe they did it too hastily because Uncharted 4 has been delayed. 
That leaves them with the only action-adventure game right uh, available this holiday season of a major AAA title, I should say. And then, uh, conversely as well, um, you know, I understand Microsoft is compensating for doing for being a platform-first exclusive. Uh, I get that. Uh, that's that's not a question, and I uh, totally I totally understand that. But the money you can make by have, by being released right away on on a multi-platform now that Uncharted 4 has been delayed could be more substantial than anything that Microsoft could have sent over because Microsoft um, when they made these you know deal with with Microsoft and Microsoft probably sent you know sends them uh, X amount it's probably based on it partly was probably based on Uncharted 4 being being released in in that fall in that window and causing some of those sales uh, to not be there on the PlayStation 4 side. Corey, do you agree with with Chris, or do you agree more with 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 uh, thinking maybe uh, outside the lines that they may be regretting the decision at least in a little bit? Um, there's pros and cons to both sides of it. Like if they, because like you said, Gerald, if they were able to to release on both consoles, uh, they would get the support of of both Sony and Microsoft to be able to to push their software as well as with the missing Uncharted 4 be able to, to capture all the adventure uh, cells. But at the same time, like Chris said, like having the, the massive the massive support behind Microsoft, especially with it being a, an exclusive title, it would be something that, that Microsoft would focus on rather than them having to, to promote themselves or Ubisoft having to promote them and everything. So it would be... Um, uh, it'll be advantageous for them to, to not only get the spotlight on on what Microsoft is putting out as far as games, as far as exclusives, because you're going, you're you're the game the game that you're making is going to be right next to to Halo Five. So Halo Five is a big title for this holiday for Microsoft. But you know what? We're also exclusively putting out Tomb Raider as well. So it could get the attention to to drive the sales of not only. Tomb Raider, but also of the console itself. Do uh, both of you guys, and I'll start off with you, Chris, do you think that a uh, Uncharted collection of the previous three iterations, uh, you know, bumped up to, inevitably will be bumped up to PlayStation 4 because seemingly that's the thing to do these days, um, will that now be a target for this holiday season? And do you see Microsoft striking back with possibly a Gears of War HD collection uh, in uh, as a uh, you know a kind of a tit for tat type deal? <laughs> well, definitely, um, it'd be the smartest thing on their part. I mean, just in case anyone hasn't heard, they have already or Sony has already announced that they're bringing back God of War three uh, HD remaster for the PS4. In God of War versus Uncharted, uh, I, I almost want to give it to Uncharted as being a bigger title, a bigger known title around the world, um, as well as a much better revenue for Sony versus uh, God of War. Not to say God of War is bad; it's extremely good. I, but, but I think God of War, especially with uh, you know the last latest God of War uh, precursor that came out, the, the sales have. I, I think it's reached its peak as far as God of War is concerned as a whole, and I think it's. Uh, I agree with you that Uncharted this time stands a much better chance of succeeding in the marketplace. Yeah, definitely. And that's the other reason as well is because there's not much more they can push and there's rumors of possibly another God of War but no absolute confirmation to this yet. However, 
since we already have a confirmation of a continuated story for Uncharted and for Nathan Drake, by all means, they, they should definitely bring out all of the older ones, all three of them, even the PS Vita one, if they can remaster that on the PS4. Bring all four of those games in, $60 bundle right there, just as they did with Master Chief Collection on the Xbox One, and then have people play one of the most memorable games on PlayStation 4, even if they haven't had it on the PS3, or even if they did have it on the PS3, so they can catch up to the story and then be prepared to play the brand new one coming out by holiday season of 2016. By all means, I think that's the smartest thing they can do. Are they going to do it? Who knows? I mean, it's it could be something that they'll probably wait until they know that they're going to be able to sell X amount, and once they know that they get that amount, you know, push it so that way they get pre-orders, they get a beta to, to Uncharted 5 or 4, um, see what they can do between there. But it's all up to Sony's hand right there. And then the same thing goes with Gears of War. I mean, it's not their most popular, but they've already done with Halo. It was a success. They already sold millions of them. I say that they definitely do it with Gears of War, and first in line to buy a collector's edition of all three. And even Judgment, if that comes out with it, I'll buy it all. Because Gears of War, the newest Gears of War, looks to be targeted for a 2016 release, if I'm not mistaken. So um, having the uh, Gears of War collection come out either this holiday or most likely if they don't want to interfere with Halo 5 and Tomb Raider you know, early next year, which to me I think is a mistake, but be that as it may. Um, and wait, wait, a me, mistake that they're going to release it or a mistake that they're pushing it back no, further? For me, like with Uncharted 4, I just if you're going to push it back, push it back to the holiday season. For me, these are the Gears of War collection and can can garner you a really a, a, a nice cash cow because it didn't take that it doesn't take that much to improve the HD graphics. It doesn't take the, they won't they're not rebuilding it from the ground up even though they try to tell you that. It's, it, it could be such a profit maker for them if they release it during the holiday season because there's so much more expendable cash during the holiday season. And you guys see this more than any other time. Yeah. But the one other thing as well, with Gears of War at least, I want to point this out, that if they did an HD remaster collection of this one, the only way I can see it being even worth everyone's time to buy, I, I want to 100% say that it would be put on the new Unreal 4 engine. Because of the fact that it's the newest thing, everyone already knows about it, they're starting to bring out demos to it. If they could take that and be, that is the first official game to start using the uh, Unreal 4 engine as a full set, just take the same assets, move it over, start you know increasing the polygons, make them look clearer and better. And they show what the, the what, you know, Gears of War 1, back 10 years ago, looks like now. I mean, that's, that's where basically everything's going to start looking a lot better and they're going to realize, hey, the next Gears of War is going to be a threat to any other game out that holiday season. Well, uh, no, excellent point indeed. Well, speaking of the holiday season, as we've been talking about, I know it's early, I know it's end of March, and, and I know there's a long way to go, but uh, I just wanted to touch on with you, start with you, Corey, if you watched The Walking Dead final episode, you got to see firsthand the, the release of the new trailers, uh, both from Agent Locke and from also our good friend, the happy, happy-go-lucky Spartan himself, uh, you know, starting the hype train for Halo 5. 
Um, we've seen teaser videos in the past week and things of that nature. And obviously now they're they're all over the marketplace with with like you guys said earlier with advertising on the net and TV advertising. But I ask you first off, are you still ex very excited for Halo Five, Corey? And second, do you think it's too much, too soon? And you think people are going to be burned out by the time October, late October, October 27th, which was the announced release date, comes in? Personally, I, I feel that it's not too much too soon. Um, and it, it's going to kind of sound weird, but like I think that they have a lot more, a lot more ways to reach people. And with them pushing as hard as they are now, not only are they going to be getting hype and getting uh, like pre-orders coming in for Halo 5, but it's also going to make people think about the Master Chief Collection. Even though we just talked about on how bad they first released it and everything, things are getting better for it, but not only will they drive sales for, for the Master Chief Collection and get ready, so, you know, I haven't, played, or I haven't played Halo 3, I haven't played Halo 4 in so long, go through the whole series again to get up to Halo 5 and pretty much through not only push sales for those but also be able to advertise through the Master Chief Collection which they already have with not only Nightfall but also like talking about the or just showing off the beta which was through the Master Chief Collection as well as putting like ads through the uh, um, lost my train of thought putting ads for, for Halo 5 there, but also like being able to just basically having that, that rush around it because like all the games that are going to be coming out uh, is pretty much getting that early foothold, getting the pre-orders in now, and just just getting everybody ready. Uh, if they continue with how hard they're pushing right now, all the way up until October, it's going to definitely... Uh, be like, oh, it's Halo 5 again, but um, I would say push early now, let it subside a little bit, and then push extra hard right before the game comes out, like two or three weeks before. Fair enough. Now, Chris, I know you like Halo games. I know you've played once or twice you've played a Halo game. Will you be burnt out from too much Halo hype? Me, I, I've been on, you know, ever since Halo came out, I've, I had an original Xbox, I, I played it, I finished it, I still have the Master Chief Collection today, I was willing to go and be patient with the 30 to 45 minute wait times and in matchmaking, things of that nature, just to get a chance to play it. Um, I know everything's a little bit better now with, with the Master Chief Collection, but the hype train to me may have started a little bit early. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if there's not going to be, a, you know, that much. Let's see how it breaks out over the long haul. I understand that it's still a long way to go. And I, I know pre-orders are still a concern, but they're not the priority that they used to be back when, when and I was running the store and back when you guys were first started. I know pre-orders were a big key to the actual um, success of a game. But, Chris, I'll give it to you. What do you think is too much in regards to Halo hype? Um, too much is when Microsoft 
you know, is spending billions of dollars on a game. However, they're not spending that much on this game as far as advertisement. I think as of right now, it's it's I think it's a pretty good time to actually start uh, announcing this. They're they they can definitely wait until after E three and everything like that. But if they start getting the the edge now, people will be we're no, we're only two months away from E three. Well, two and a half months since it's halfway through June. Uh, we're only two and a half months away. If they start announcing it now, people are going to be more excited, more thrilled to see what they're going to announce to show and everything at E three. You don't want to just wait till E three to announce. Here's everything, and it's coming out only in six months, especially if it's a AAA title. I mean, some of them will do that. Call of Duty may wait to do that, or Assassin's Creed may wait to do that. But Halo was announced a year ago, and I think by now they're already ready for for at least a little bit of an announcement, at least a little bit of a teaser, and to kind of give you two different perspectives on this the way they did. I think that's a good way to raise controversy, which will then raise publicity. And there's no such thing as bad publicity, so it's going to be one way or the other. It's going to get word of mouth. Everyone's going to go check out the, the trailers. That's how I was pressured into checking it out. I looked at both of them, and now I'm, you know, I'm getting my own theories about everything. And that's where this game sells itself is just because of, you know, one minute is all they need to show 30 seconds of each side, and then say, here you go. You guys go crazy with it. We'll talk to you again in two and a half months and show you more. I think that's the perfect amount that they had to show this early on. And then it's just going to be it's going to be perfectly amount of hype. It's going to be, you know, like a what, what's that kind of curve that like parabola or and it just keeps going up. It's not going to exponentially, you know, top out until it comes out. Once it comes out, then it's just going to hit that peak, keep going, keep going, keep going until you know, all the casuals die off and then you're just left with the old, all the pros. But it is definitely a good time to at least be announcing everything now and all the advertisement that they have going on uh, in its shortest amount now. I think it's perfect. Microsoft, you're doing it right. Start with Gears now. <laughs> you're using that curve. All right, that's the way to do it. <laughs> you get it done. No. I was I that lost. That, that curve goes up and it, like, I learned it in calculus like five years ago. I don't know the names anymore of those curves and everything like that. But whatever that was, it's it's where the halo is going. So I like it. Well, as Nick will tell you, I only learned math on the abacus. So you'll have to I'll have to take it. You know, I'll have to take your word for it. So the guy who uses his iPhone too. Nick. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, well, I, I I think I'll throw one last question in there um, before, after our Bloodborne discussion. But uh, you know, Bloodborne just come out. It's really a, a, a you know critical success. Uh, it's garnered an 8.5 here on the site at uh, www.yourgamesource.com. Or we, you can actually, to make it easier for everyone, you guys, we've uh, decided for at least for a little while to put up a lot of all of our articles and reviews on our Facebook page, uh, Game Source on Facebook, just to make it a little bit easier for you to read, a little bit more convenient. Or you can check it out on Twitter. At Game Source, you can at least check out the part of it, and it'll connect you right to the actual whole story, um, or review, or article, or what have you. So just to give you, you know, everyone out there a better chance to read what we got, um, or you know, yourgamesource.com, we're always there. Um, I want to talk about the success of Bloodborne because, you know, it it is truly, truly, you know, doing well with the critics. Uh, most people that are playing it or watching it, you know, via the stream, it's been 
been done remarkably well in that sense. Um, but my question is, you know, sales-wise, it sold pretty good in Japan, obviously, as well, because it's, you know, from Studio Japan, so you obviously get the home bump up there. Um, in UK-wise, it it's came out and debuted at number two. Um, and here in the U.S., I'm sure it's going to, the MPD is going to come out in next month, and it's going to, you know, play strongly there. But, Corey, I'll start with you. Do you see this as a main, crossing over as a mainstream hit? Because I know the, uh, the difficulty uh, is something that a lot of casual gamers might fear, and a lot of individuals um, with their familiarity with the previous From Software titles, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and Dark Souls 1 and 2, um, might be a little bit hesitant at, to get in this game because, in some ways, it is even harder than those. What's your thoughts, Corey? My thoughts are... Like, I, I personally, I enjoy it. I love a good... As Chris, is doing, as Chris is reenacting what you do in Dark, in uh, Bulletborn, you're dying a lot. A lot. That's a lot. exactly what happens every five seconds. I see... Uh, 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 dead. Uh, uh, dead. I actually watched the game be beat today. It was pretty awesome. But, um, like, in all honesty, like, like, not every, not every, every gamer is different. Chris doesn't like all the same games that I like because, you know, he's a pansy, even though I still kind of love him. No, you're not. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Anyways, so, like, as far as, as far as gamers and stuff being too difficult, like, everybody has a game for themselves. Uh, I personally see it as a huge pleasure seeing the difficult games coming to America, coming over from Japan, even though that it might not be as big of a following as something like Mario, which all you do is run to the right, but, like, it's, it's it's still something that a lot of people enjoy, and a lot of people that as far as that coming to the store and even other employees, we all talk about difficult games because it's something to talk about. You know, once I, I beat this this boss so I get to brag about it to all my friends type of thing. You know, true gamers, or not, I wouldn't say true gamers, but more hardcore gamers see it as a as a rite of passage, as a as a badge of honor of honor to to show off that they've been able to beat it and like, I, I see it still continuing to be to come out. You know, you have games that not only are from Japan, like the the whole Soul series, as well as Bloodborne, but you also have like Super Meat Boy. You have the Impossible game. You have a lot of games that were developed here in America as well that are truly difficult games and are meant to make you want to just crush your controller in your hands and throw it against the wall and do what Chris is doing. And I, I see it a, as a trend that will continue to happen and will always continue to happen. Because that, that reminds me of all the games back uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, um, especially on the Nintendo system, um, and maybe a little bit into the N64 era, but mainly on the NES, where there were a ton of games that just were brutally, brutally difficult. Battletoads really? uh, is one of the... Is, stated as one of the hardest games ever 
Ghosts and Goblins. Ghosts that, and Goblins. Uh, oh Absolutely. my gosh! Yeah, that that one, uh, you know, almost sent a console for me out through a window. But uh, <laughs> um, Chris, you know, I just I want to hear your thoughts. Do you, you know, you've been seeing right there in the middle of the action as well. Uh, Bloodborne, like I said, really a, a, a well-crafted game. There's some issues here and there with it, um, which you know, for us, the reviewer, me, led to it not getting as high a score as I feel it deserves. I felt it deserved at least a nine or a nine and a half. Didn't quite make it with all the little glitches, frame rate errors, and those gall darn loading times, which is even worse than the deaths themselves. But Chris, tell me. Do you, do you see Bloodborne having legs, being around for the holiday season, maybe as a pack-in that, that will attract customers? Uh, because the Order 1886, you know, sold eh, okay, but uh, it doesn't seem to be based off of, you know, all that feedback and all the stuff that's gone, has, that's gone on with the game and all the controversy that it's going to have the legs that Sony wants. This this the game that at least for the rest of the year that Sony can count on for at least garnering a decent chunk of sales. I think that for the most part it is like the the whole game. So as as a general, Dark Dark Souls and Demon Souls and the writer coming into right Bloodborne. I mean he did it perfectly. He came out with another game that people are going to love and keep playing, and then you know continuously play it for years to come, whether. But not so much of the casual gamers. Casual gamers obviously may get frustrated or this or that, but the people that want that challenge or want that masochistic feel of, let me keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, and I'll keep dying, but I know as soon as I get past it, it's going to be the biggest rush that I've ever had. And those people are going to keep that game alive. As of right now, and I mean, you can see this with almost a lot of different games out there, but Bloodborne on Twitch, on YouTube, it, it's probably up there in the top 6 to 10 most viewed videos. And it's because of either people that are trying to get to the highest level and do PvP, which is a big part of that whole situation, or people speedrunning. And speedrunning is becoming even bigger than it was five years ago or ten years ago because people can watch it live on Twitch and YouTube and stuff like that. But watching the people that can do that and beat the game in 40 minutes with glitches or an hour and a half without glitches, it, it gets a rush of, of like, oh, how fast can I do this? Or how many times do I have to die to beat this? Or trying to beat the game without even dying. That's another big rush. So there's so many different challenges. Even though there's no point score at the top, it, it's a game that you can keep trying different things. Let me see what I can do with this weapon. If I can beat them with, you know, just a, a frying pan. Let me see if I can beat it uh, under an hour. Let me see if I can do this and this and this. And the hardcore gamers that will like that story and, you know, understand the bosses and understand the mechanics want to risk themselves at every level and try different things. And that's what keeps them coming back. That's the only reason why Mario is still kind of a played game now. People want to see if they can beat it really fast. They want to see if they can beat it, you know, jumping from from World 1 to World 6, and then World to World 8 and World 9. They just want to skip everything or see if they can beat every stage. It's the same thing that Bloodborne's going to have. And I think that in... Five, six months, it's still going to be a very popular game. Maybe not the most viewed thing anymore because of all the newer games that will come out. But if it's packaged with a PS4, that wouldn't surprise me. If 1886 is packaged, it's probably because they need to get rid of the extra copies that they're not going to sell in the next few months. Sorry, Sony. Took a little stab there. But, you know, you're probably not going to sell those last copies there now. And I think that the way that this holiday season is going to end up, if Bloodborne is... You know, still 60, maybe 50, 
maybe $40, it wouldn't surprise me. If it's lower than that, then you know that something's going on with that game that they just can't sell it. But I think it's still going to be easily a high-priced game and high-selling game all the way through until 2016. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but you can't... Nobody during the... can, can state as far as the, the validity of a game as far as its pricing based off of what happens over that five-day period of time at uh, Black Friday period of time because everything seems to get blown out. Even Call of Duty games, you know, get reduced substantially. But, yeah, even a week after it comes out and it's already $20 less. So that, yeah. that time frame is different. But at a permanent, you know, you look at Walmart and Target and Fry's, Amazon, and they all have it at that same price any other day, that's the type of pricing that I'll see going on throughout the whole year. And they'll, they're still going to keep it at a higher price, just like Call of Duty stays $60 until the next one comes out. Just because they know they're going to sell it at 60 bucks, why drop it any lower? Fair enough, fair enough. And I wanted to close tonight. I wanted to close. Um, I was thinking about it over the past few days because uh, last week, and I'm throwing this guys, I'm throwing this at these two guys as a little bit of a surprise. But uh, I want to get their reaction because they're not the hardcore Nintendo fans, you know, like myself. I, I appreciate Nintendo. I respect Nintendo, but it, am I going to say? Since you know N64 days of old, am I the hardest core Nintendo player out there? No, I'm not. Uh, had the Wii, had other systems and whatnot. But uh, recently, Nintendo finally clued in on on something to be able to to garner uh, a large volume of revenue by. Okay, I I see as Chris is showing there. Um, maybe he is a little bit more hardcore than Nintendo than 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 I imagine. Um, but uh, Nintendo finally clued into the real world and, uh, you know, signed a deal with DNA, uh, or DNA, or however you want to say it, D-E-N-A, a, a uh, mobile manufacturer as far as it's concerned, to try and, and come up with a, a, a line, a product line, a game line of either the current, old, or, or new, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, mobile games and be, be part of the mobile game scene, which is something they should have done a long time ago, especially when they were, you know, sinking and drowning underwater for, for at least two to three years there. Um, something that I clamor for, and I know a lot of people clamor for as well. Uh, but almost lost in the announcement was the fact that they admitted that they have in development, and we know all three of the ma major publishers do, and, and maybe somebody outside of that as well, Apple or what have you, you know, they, they met, were basically out in front and said that we have uh, a console already in development. Uh, and they call it Project NX, I believe. Which leads me to the question, and I'll ask this to start with Corey first, so, Corey, if Nintendo has already said that they have a console in development, why in the heck would you want a Wii U? Corey? We lost you, Corey. Your volume has gone way down. I know you probably stunned silence after when I asked that question, but... Uh, Chris, I'll start with you then. Um, as you're flashing up the uh, <laughs> Mr. Amiibo himself, although yes. there's a lot of Amiibo fans. By the way, yes, pre yes. still packaged Meta Knight. Well, well, 
Amiibo oh. fans and Nintendo fans may not be one and the same because a lot of Amiibo fans are actually I sell it on eBay fans as we discussed. Uh, okay, a few that's days. true. But uh, I'm not reselling mine. I sell mine packaged only because I don't want to play him, but he was an exclusive, and I don't know why I haven't opened him to be honest. But all the other ones that I have that I like, you know, my favorite characters like Ike and Kedby, um, Sheik, Box, all those other ones, I've got them open. But that's just me. Now, I also have the Wii U because I like the Nintendo exclusive games. Mario Party that just came out, Smash Brothers. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to play the Zelda RPG style, you know, open world type game. Love it. And also even the last Zelda, the um, Dynasty Warriors, the, you know, that type. Any types of games that are like that that Nintendo can create and bring out, they're fun. Good party games, you know, have some friends over, you know, family, whatever else like that. Anyone can get into them. That's what makes the Wii U so good now. However, if Nintendo NX is a possibility for... Well, they've already said they're, they're, already said they're working on it. So they're working on it. They're going into it. It wasn't confirmed that it's like a, like, oh, guess what? It's coming out this holiday season. It's something that... No, but it's like, it's like you're, you're selling the GameCube, and you're playing the GameCube, and you're so proud of your GameCube, and you're having a great time and all that with Super Smash Brothers Melee and whatnot, and then they tell you the Wii is right around the corner. Or at that time it was called Project Revolution, but uh, it makes you look at your GameCube and go, I, "Why would I want to continue buying anything more for it?" Or you know, somebody who was interested in, why am I gonna gonna buy one if I know that two holidays down the road I'm gonna be buying a Nintendo NX? Well, look at the consoles now, like Xbox One and PS4. They announced those, you know, a good a, a good half a year in advance, and still. And no, buying 360s. No, no, they're not buying 360s. 360, <laughs> that market died. That market died. It's not, not that dead. It's it's there. It's hanging by a thread. But there were people that were still buying it because they they saw the prices. They saw four or five hundred dollars, and they were like, you know what? I still like Halo. I still like Uncharted, and I'd rather play it for two hundred bucks." But even GameStop, GameStop, in its call to investors, most recent call to investors, actually admitted that the the previous console market dropped much sharper than they believed it would. And that was at the initial time of the release for the next gen, correct? No, I admit, no, they're talking from then to now that oh. the market that yeah, the market for the 360 and PS3 has just dropped like a rock faster than it thought it, they thought it would. Well, November of 2013 is almost a year and a half away. So, I mean, it, I mean, for them to drop that much, it's actually not even surprising as, as what I thought. I still see people buying Xbox 360s and PS3s uh, in a weird sense, you know, often. Not not as much as an Xbox One or PS4, but I see it a lot in uh, in the fields that I'm in, and. It shocks me. I mean, I, I wonder why people do this, and I ask questions, and some people say it's for money issues. Some people say it's for the older games, and that's what will keep things coming back is if they're releasing still games for Wii U, they're releasing this new Zelda game. They announced that they're releasing, you know, better you know, Pokemon games. They're announcing a, 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 like a new Fire Emblem game. They're, they're releasing a bunch of other things for the Wii U, but they haven't said anything about the NX, so we don't know what games are even coming out for that. So people can only look forward to saying, hey, my Wii U is still going to be relevant for this game that I had planned, this game that I had planned, this game that I had planned. But Once not much longer that, after that. But not much longer after that, because the NX will probably be out before you know it. 
I'm not saying this mm-hmm. holiday season, but I'm saying the holiday season after could be a possibility if they've already mentioned that you're talking about that it being available. Yeah. Corey, are you, are you back with us, sir? He's back, but I don't hear him. I don't hear him as well. Oh, sticky note. What does I say? Please help me. I'm being kidnapped. Uh, Poog has my leg, and he won't let go. I see. Touch your nose if I got that right. Touch your ear if I got it wrong. Touch your (laughs) face if you can hear me. (laughs) (laughs) Why buy Wii U in the first place? Well, you keep trying to uh, to get uh, just feel free to butt in any time, Corey. Um, So, as long as you're you're trying to right now, like I think that the Wii U will still have a relevancy because the the NX. To the public, I mean, it's, it's knowledgeable. It's, everyone knows that it's out there. Some people know it's out there, but not every single person knows. And a lot of Nintendo's market aren't exactly all the hardcore gamers. Sometimes it's casuals or families or stuff like that. And those people are not going to research online and say, what's the newest of the Nintendo news and stuff like that. But by announcing you have something in development, now shareholders, now uh, customers, now consumers are going to say, well, when are you going to debut it? When are you going to show it off? When are you going to de- debut it? I'm not saying they're going to do a D3 now, but definitely starting when the clock ticks in 2016, they have to start going ahead and, and thinking about the timetable for it because they've already... They already put all the wheels in motion when Iwata himself said that the NX, you know, you should have kept it quiet, kept it under wraps. Yeah. That way you can debut it, debut it when you want, and you won't have to hear, hear uh, you know, people moaning and groaning about how they want the NX right in here right now. Corey, back up. Nope. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't find out what's wrong with my mic. Not nothing. He's playing invisible drums. Not working. So. And if you're not, and if you're just listening to this podcast, uh, Corey actually has out of the all three of us the best <laughs> audio setup. So and video I mean, setup too. Aside from my computer, my my video recording audio setup probably cost me thirty forty dollars. <laughs> he has a microphone that costs like two hundred dollars. He's got equipment and headphones that cost another two hundred dollars. I mean, he's got hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. I'm I'm shocked that this goes out on him. Well, you know, it happens to the best of us, but uh, uh, be that as it may. And there you go. So so we're going to have Corey come back in a little bit, uh, hopefully before we all leave so he can say his goodbyes. But, um, Gerald, like like I was saying, the, the Nintendo Wii U, it's, it's a good console. It shouldn't go out anytime soon. I mean, I know its sales are already dismal between like what they're expecting, but I, I think that it's still a relevant console until until Nintendo probably comes out and either starts showing pictures or shows other things about the NX. Because if people just hear Nintendo NX, they don't, you know, they're not going to know exactly what this is. Is it a handheld or home-based console or this or that? Until they go and research it, they go Google it and they see, oh, look, who, uh, Kotaku or Game Radar or Tech Radar. I mean. If, if someone announces what more of a story of it, then they'll know, like, oh, this is what they've done. But until then, I think the Wii U is its their most prominent console. They don't have a Wii. They obviously don't have GameCube and 64 anymore. But their their Wii U still has a great lineup of games that will definitely still still sell it. You, you know, Zelda, Mario, 
Kirby. And, there, and Splatoon, and, and there's other great titles. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, not disputing that. I'm not disputing that Nintendo has still a lot of great titles in the queue. I'm just questioning the thought process about announcing something and... Hello. Oh, oh, there he is. There he is. So, Corey, yes. tell us. Why I'm would, back. <laughs> Corey, tell us. Why would you want the Wii U if the NX is already known to some consumers as being, you know, on the way, which is going to say, you know, people that are just going to start asking for it and nagging them on end until they, they, you know, announce something a little bit more clear? Well, first off, why would you want a Wii U in the first place? I kid, I kid. I wrote all this down, by the way. <laughs> uh, but basically, we don't know what, what what's in store for the new console, so it's hard to tell why somebody would do it. But it's, you're looking if you look at the same way that they went from the Nintendo Wii to the Wii U. The Wii U is pretty much almost 100% backwards compatible with whatever it was for the Wii. Looking at controllers, looking at games, looking at even digital content. Even digital content from the regular Nintendo. It's going all the way back to the Wii U. So I think that if they were smart, especially with them cutting the life of the Wii U down quite a bit, it would be smart to do something similar, maybe not 100%, but something similar to where they can still support what all these people, the few people that have purchased the actual Wii stuff and the Wii U can move over to the the new Project NX would be a smart move and uh, kind of help out customers and everything. Well, I will tell you, and I think you'll agree with me, that once the, the NX does hit the marketplace and a customer has the Wii U and the NX, uh, if they don't make a package that with all the Nintendo titles or with, with a nice allotment of Nintendo titles with the Wii U, it, it it's are in relevant system because there is no third-party support. At least the 360 and PS3, as much as it died quickly, still when the PlayStation 4 and the X and the Xbox One came out, still had a substantial third-party support and help. If I'm not mistaken, but the Wii U doesn't have that. Wii U hasn't had that, and Wii U never has had that. And at this point, at this point in time, it looks like it's not going to have it. So once that NX does get released into the marketplace, I think the Wii U is going to die an even faster death than these th- than the 360 and PS3. Am I wrong? Well, the the big thing to consider is is game game designers are looking at how can I how can I reach as as many people as possible. With the Wii U, the Wii U is very unique in a way to where how it how it runs as a system with the controllers that it has available for it, you can't really cross, uh, I'm sorry, you can't really cross-platform a lot of the games unless developers specifically make one that is for cross-platform and then one that's specifically for the Wii U, which you see Bayonetta 2, you see the Batman games being pretty much the only two that I can really think of off the top of my head that are that are like that. You're gonna add another one. Uh, Mass Effect Three. It was uh, it was a launch title, if I'm not mistaken. Did that really go through, though? Yes, it really did. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
So three games that we can think of that has reached across three platforms, which, by the way, all three of those did not happen at the same time as the other platforms, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken. I'm not mistaken. That's what I thought. You're mistaken. Anyways. Yourself for the first C in C and C. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Like, it's... It, when when game developers are making their games, they're going to go across a platform that they can pretty much write the game once for it to go across multiple platforms so that a lot more people have are able to grab it rather than making a game specifically for the Wii U that only a handful of people can get because only a handful of people are making games for it. It's a very vicious cycle. There's more people making games for the two consoles and PC, so it makes it a lot easier to go to that market because there's a lot more games there, so there's a lot more people playing those games versus the people that are over here not doing anything because they don't have any games to play. That makes sense. In a way, in, in a roundabout way, yes, it does. Yes. Um, no, those are all good points. I'm just, I'm just saying, for somebody who doesn't have a Wii U, mm-hmm. and who's always going to be on the fence about buying a Wii U, um, I need more reasons to do it. And, and by announcing that you already have something down the in the pipeline, no matter if it comes in 2016 or 2017 or 2018. There's always something in the back of my mind saying, "Hey, this Wii U is already a ticking time bomb," and I understand that it's going to go off sooner rather than later. I understand the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One; their time will be limited as well as far as being a relevant console. But it just seems that their their time is going to be much much longer as far as their relevancy is concerned. I'm buying Wii U. I'm buying it already knowing that they've got something down the pipeline and pretty much possibly in two holidays could be deemed irrelevant because of the NX. As soon as the NX comes out, it's really, really will be, well, it will be, the Wii U will be really in, in a bad frame of mind. Um, and it, it just, you know, let the clearancing begin because it, it just, the Wii U is, from the get-go, has been set up for failure. From us, you know, that, that famous press conference we all sat in and, oh, I'm sorry, fell asleep in, and uh, <laughs> we were... And that, that has nothing to do with, you know, us driving from Las Vegas all the way to L.A. and going straight to that show. I think if it would have been something <laughs> exciting, then we definitely would have been more interested. The PlayStation 4, uh, you know, the E3 conference, that. Uh, that was probably a little bit more exciting for us or, or individuals who went. Uh, the Xbox One, the initial concept of the Xbox One before they started announcing all the problems with you know, their, their policies and whatnot, that was an exciting event. Um, but you know, like I said, the Wii U is on a borrowed time, but I didn't realize until last week on how much borrowed time that was going to be. Um, Chris, uh, you know, we're we're all set to get on out of here. Any last thoughts on uh, on uh, what you what you have uh, for us, or Wii U, or Bloodborne, or Halo Five, or Uncharted Four, or Xbox Holiday Season, or anything we've discussed tonight? Or 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 uh, <laughs> and then um, but 
No, I think basically we, we hit every point that I, I really wanted to talk about. I mean, I'm glad that, you know, Bloodborne will do well. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting. I watch a lot of speedruns, and I play as much as I can to see how good I can get at it. I love that type of stuff. Wii U, I think it's going to be kind of successful, hopefully. A uh, little, little plug I want to do into there. Uh, Evo of 2015, which is going to be held here in Las Vegas. Uh, they are also holding the new Smash Brothers game in the tournament, as well as Smash Brothers Melee, which was a very popular one back there. But the new Smash Brothers game as well, yours truly will be entering the tournament. So, uh, very you nice. your first kind of, kind of sent it to a couple people, but I, you didn't I even say it to me. You didn't say it to me. Like I said, a very few select people have heard it. And well, I think that's I want to wish you the best on that. Is there a way we can keep up with you on the action, or? Yeah, I'll you know tweet about some stuff, or I'll you know show pictures, and I'll be there the whole time. I'm getting full tickets and everything to be at the finals at every little bit of it. Um, while I'm you know getting my my butt handed to me in the qualifiers, though, uh, I'll be uh, I'll be showing you know some of the stuff that's going on, and then between matches, if if I keep progressing, I'll show. Uh, you know, I'll post to the website, or I'll post to the Facebook page or something, or heck, send them to you, Gerald, and you can keep posting them as well. However I get these pictures out, everyone will see what's going on live at EVO. That's not until July, though. That's after E3, so that's still far down. I've been training. I mean, these guys are my inspirations. I, I've been trying to beat them consistently. These guys are beastly level 50s um, in, in Smash Brothers and... Uh, I've been playing online a lot. I, that's just me. That's my plug I wanted to throw out there that I'm going to be joining this. And that's why I still support the Wii U because they still have that community that can also then practice and play games like that. Aside from my plug there, though, back rewinding 30 minutes or so until we, you know, when we had all this other conversation going on, I think everything is uh, everything's going to be good this year. We got Halo, we got Bloodborne that's going to be pretty successful. By next year, we'll have, you know, some other great title games. Um, just got to wait and see. Honestly, I can keep talking a little bit more about some of the stuff, but I think E3 is really where I'm going to have a lot more opinion and fact to unveil with uh, with my thoughts on all of this. So. And you're still headed to there, right, or no? Through To E3? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, as long as everything starts going through correctly, I am registered from the last time I registered, which was should be, uh, I just there's some issues, but we're gonna get them settled. I will be at E3. I can guarantee that. Even Not if I have to sneak in inside of a backpack and pop out somewhere in the e in the EA booth and be like, haha. Um, Fair will enough. <laughs> that I need to know because uh, I have to get uh, angry Nick on it as far as making sure you can get to all the press conferences as well. We'll get you in it. See what we can do to get you in there. Um, Corey, uh, any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, well, I wanted to also make sure that there's the if not only do we have the Game Source uh, Twitch channel, but we also have Killer X Wolf, his channel. That's Killer X Wolf. Uh, Wolf XGS for oh, Wolf the, XGS. Uh, my uh, my Twitch handle. And then Theranus, Theranus, Theranius, Theranius, Theranius. Sorry, see, I tried to get tricky and look what happened. It's all right. But, uh, you know, catch all these guys, catch these guys, and also Seven Valkyrie. You got Kujaran uh, uh, for Aaron's. Check out all their Twitch channels, plus our own Game Source Twitch channel. Um, if you can, we'd greatly appreciate any donations uh, as far as that to help with our 
our uh, reconstruction of our new website that's hopefully, uh, well, that actually is in the pipeline, uh, and then also our production costs as well. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to doing a lot of great things, covering E3, covering uh, hopefully the Level Up Expo, Evo, like you said, and uh, other great shows coming down this year. Um, and uh, last, like I said, Corey, I'll just before I, I, I will hush again, any last thoughts from you, sir? So. Uh, no, you know, just looking forward to all the new games coming out. Uh, biggest one I'm looking forward to is The Division. Really, really hope that this that comes out this year. Really, really hope it comes out this year. I need a I need a penny and a wishing well right now. But anyways, Siege. How about that? Another Ubisoft title. I I don't care about. I want I want the division. <laughs> you know I don't I don't care for Rainbow Six. I've the only the last Rainbow Six I played was Rogue Squadron. I got I played it so much that I could just set up everything and then just hit play and walk away. And by the time I got back from making the sandwich, it would be done. What about Vegas? I love the Vegas. Play Vegas. 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 Yeah. Vegas too. Beautiful. I want the division. I want the division. That's all I want. That's all I want. That, that looks like a very ambitious game. I'm not sure. That that that's screaming well then again, the crew would look like it was should have been delayed. The crew should have been delayed and, and unfortunately wasn't well it was delayed until December. Uh, and yeah, well that that didn't meet the the demand or could have been a lot better as well. Um, but the division seems like it's something that maybe is very ambitious, almost too ambitious, maybe to pack into 2015. But I do hope for you, uh, definitely, uh, that it that it will hopefully hit retail shelves this year, because uh, it looks very promising indeed. It um, does. It does. So I guess that's going to do it for us. This is Game Source Podcast 118. Uh, let's do our obligatory plugins. Uh, check us out again on www.yourgamesource.com. Uh, game source on Facebook, where you'll be seeing and we'll be posting uh, directly a lot of our articles, a lot of the videos, uh, and a lot more stuff that, that's going to come out to you. If if you're not a uh, uh, following us yet on Facebook, give us a give us a like, you know, a like, follow us also at Twitter at Game Source. You know, we've got over a thousand followers there. We just and we we keep on updating the news, you know, all over the web for you. We've uh, posted over 35,000 different stories and articles on the net, uh, on the video gaming, of, of, through, throughout the net, um, and, and provide our consumers with, with the best and most detailed information anywhere um, from, from you know, all over. It's, it's the number one aggregate site of video game and for news and, infor news and information. We're just, there is none better. And uh, plus, we invite, you know we put our two cents in with our videos, like our podcast now. Uh, great audio, great great articles, great reviews, great opinions. Uh, I know that uh, Michael and I have got something coming up as far as uh, a point counterpoint on on the power series that I got to post tomorrow, or hopefully in the next couple of days here. You know, a lot of great stuff to look forward to. Game source on YouTube. We have over 400 uh, videos, and 100,000 people have already viewed our material. We just we truly appreciate it. We're not poodoo pie yet. We certainly would like, uh, you know. You know what though? We don't want to be poodoo pie. We want to be our no, own entity. We want to be the better. I, I want his. We want to be. I, I want his. I want his pocketbook. Then I'll take his cash. I'll take his. Cash. <laughs> you know, I admit he's a great guy, great you know, YouTuber, but you will not see the same kind of reaction. Yeah, I don't care how. I don't care. I don't care what he does on the screen. 
I care about what we can do in the moolah. That's that's what the guy makes. My guy makes millions every year. Oh, I need the game stores to make millions every year for all of us, so that we can be called Poodoo Gerald, Poodoo Chris, and Poodoo Corey. Okay. Yeah. Poo -poo. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! It goes Poodoo Corey and then Poodoo Chris. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, so you want to be the first P in P and P, right? Is that what you're trying yes. to do? Yes. Wait, because I'm already the first C and C and C. A cor uh, Pudu Cory, I stand Pudu corrected, so I Pudu apologize. <laughs> Thank you, Pudu. We're, we're, we're okay. You know what, Cory? I'm sorry. Um, just remember to check us out on on Twitch at uh, Game Source and WolfXGS and uh, Theranus. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Game underscore Source, Theranus and no. WolfXGS. No, I forget. Oh, that's not that's not the way you say it. Say it for me. Theranius. 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 There's an E in there. There is no E in there. <laughs> T H Y. If you just go to game, if you just go to our game source game source channel, game underscore source, you look at who we're following. We're only following our staff members. So you can see all their channels and just click on it and go from there. So if you have trouble spelling. Doranius. Head on over our page and you can click and he's on. Right there. But we got a lot of great stuff for you. We appreciate you, you know, you following us, you liking us, you watching us, and listening to us. Once again, this is uh, Game Source Podcast number 118. We thank you for watching. There he is from iDarb. Is that an iDarb? Nope, nope. That's just me making it. That's my profile pic. Oh, that's your profile bag. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love iDarb so much, I always think every 8-bit thing is That game is so much fun. Awesome. It's just 8-bit Cory. That's all it is. There you go. 8-bit Cory, indeed. So for 8-bit Cory, Poodoo Chris, and me, Poodoo Gerald, once again, thanks for listening, thanks for watching, thanks for liking us, and thanks for following. And have yourself a great day. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest and latest in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.